is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. Welcome, welcome. A lot going on out there. And most of it not good. If you want to see really good things going on, honestly, look inside your own heart and soul. Look inside your own life and your family. We will have not complete control, obviously, but more control. If you want to be down and out, you look at the government. There is an endless effort, a relentless effort to interfere in your life, to tell you what you can and cannot do, to ban things, to compel things. We've really never ever seen anything like this in our country. Never. And uh, when I look at Mr. Dorm, who did a hell of a job testifying today, and yet I look at the Democrats, and we'll get into this. A friend of mine said to me today, the Democrats don't want to hear what he has to say. No, of course not, because they were part of the plot to get Trump. And he exposed it, and he exposed them. Whistleblowers. The only good whistleblower is a whistleblower that can be used to get a Republican. Otherwise, their livelihoods are threatened. They're even threatened with jail when it comes to the Democrats. The Democrats, Joe Biden in particular, speaks more fondly of illegal immigrants who've just entered the country than he does of American citizens, first, second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Think about that. The Democrat Party and Biden, they are more in love with the Paris Climate Accords than they are with the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Why is that? I think we know why. And the list goes on. Where's the worst crime in America? In Democrat cities. Who are the worst judges in America? The Democrat judges. Who are the most partisan, worst prosecutors in America? The Democrat prosecutors. 
Which party is it that's massively expanding government? Spending money they don't have. Imposing impossible debt on generations yet born. I think that's the Democrat Party. And when you look at today's news, today's events that are going on, as we talked about yesterday, Hunter Biden getting a pass. Why? Democrats. Former President Trump. Indictment, arrest, attempts to put him in prison. Democrats. It's unbelievable. People aren't safe in the cities because of the war on the cops. Democrats. I want to thank those of you who went over to Amazon and ordered your early copies, your pre-ordered copies of The Democrat Party Hates America. Since then, I've gotten requests. I've kept track of this, Mr. Producer, about 112 free books, including from program directors who just think I, I can just send out books willy-nilly. First of all, the books aren't available for three months. Secondly, the publisher can't possibly meet all those demands, and certainly I can't. Uh, and uh, it's really unbelievable. But I thought it was important to do this project. And I told you yesterday, we've been getting a lot of inquiries, and I want to thank you. And I'm certainly not going to spend all day on it. But I open it up this way. The Democrat Party and authoritarianism is the first chapter. This book is not intended to be provocative. But in the Democrat Party-centric parts of our society, it undoubtedly will be. That said, it's not written for Democrat Party officials, politicians, media, sycophants, activists, and surrogates. It's written for those patriotic Americans who fear for our country and its future. America's unraveling. Our founding and history are under assault. Our families and faiths are being degraded. Individualism has been substituted for groupism. Colorblindness is now said to be racist. Capitalism and prosperity are being devoured by economic socialism and climate change fanaticism. Classrooms have become indoctrination mills for racism, segregation, bigotry, and sexual perversion. And teachers' unions are hostile to parental involvement in critical decisions about the health and welfare of their children. In America, free speech and academic freedom are shrinking, and the police state is growing, as is monitoring and spying on citizens. The government is banning and regulating more and more household products, from incandescent light bulbs to dishwashers while creating shortages and driving up costs of others. Crime is out of control in our streets, public transportation, and schools, while police budgets are slashed and many prosecutors and judges coddle violent criminals. Our borders are wide open to millions of foreigners who seek entry into the country as drug and criminal cartels ship killer drugs into our country by the tons and brutalize migrants by using them as indentured servants and sex slaves, and the list goes on. 
The Democrat Party is responsible for most of this and much more. It seeks to permanently control our governmental institutions, just as it dominates our cultural entities. From the media to academia, entertainment to science, it seeks to delegitimize and eviscerate the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights, the Electoral College, the Supreme Court, separation of powers, etc., which obstructs its ideological designs. It abuses the rule of law by targeting its political opponents for harassment, investigation, prosecution, and even imprisonment. On October 30, 2008, when Barack Obama shouted to a crowd that we are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America, he was not kidding. On May 14, 2008, when Michelle Obama pronounced that we're going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place as a nation. She meant it. The Obamas are not alone among Democrat Party apparatchiks and their contempt for this country. In fact, it is the rare top Democrat Party politician who regularly praises America and is sincere about it. They mostly trash talk the country, smear millions of its people, The examples are too numerous to catalog here, but it is a party that is built on the demands and propaganda of revolutionaries, demagogues, and malcontents, and has a horrifying history of supporting the most contemptible causes, including slavery, segregation, the Ku Klux Klan, even lynchings. Indeed, almost from the start, the Democrat Party rejected the principles and values of the American experiment, And today it is the home of another anti-American movement, American Marxism, with its various ideological appendages. The Democrat Party ruling class, elites and activists, are united in this revolution. As the title of this book declares, the Democrat Party hates America. Indeed, if you want to fundamentally transform something, you clearly do not love it or even like it. As I've explained on my radio show many times, If someone says, I wish I could fundamentally transform my spouse. If someone says, then you obviously don't love or like your spouse. But what if you you do not want to fundamentally transform America and you love our country? Then it's important to speak the truth about those who seek to impose their will on the rest of us. When dealing with such a dire threat to our freedom, society, and way of life. We cannot dodge our responsibilities as citizens, especially in my case, when I have such, a lar- such large platforms to push back. It can be difficult and unpleasant to speak out and write a book such as this, given the predictable outrage and anger that will surely result from numerous individuals and quarters. Nonetheless, the time is late and the cause is too important to self-censor. So let us step back and examine what is taking place in the central role of the Democrat Party. Now, I'm not going to sit here and read all 92 to 93,000 words. But those are the first handful of paragraphs that lead into the rest of that chapter. The Democrat Party and authoritarianism. 
The other chapters, that's chapter one. Chapter two is anti-black racism and anti-Semitism. Chapter three is anti-white racism and anti-Semitism. Chapter four is language and thought control. Chapter five is war on the American citizen. Chapter six, war on the nuclear family. Chapter seven, war on the Constitution. And chapter eight, Stalin would be proud. And there's the closing chapter, the epilogue. I hope you'll take a moment. Because this book is written for you. It's written for this audience specifically. You. My radio and TV audience. But Mark, but Mark, we already know these things. There's a lot of things in this book I doubt you do, but that's okay. Then be preachers. Then proselytize. Spread the word. Use the book. You're the new colonists. I want you to think back toward a time when this country was facing annihilation from the British crown. I want you to remember what I've told you before. That one-third of the people in this country at the time, one-third of the colonists, and no more, supported self-government. Supported representative government. Supported independence. I want you to remember that one-third opposed them. And supported the crown. In New England, too. But in one colony against another. Some of the colonies were perfectly happy selling cotton to the British crown. They wanted nothing to do with what was going on in Boston and Philadelphia. And one state in particular, half of those who fought in the Revolutionary War fought for the crown against their fellow colonists. About a third of the colonists who were, in fact, affected by the Revolutionary War took no side. Two-thirds, therefore, were either against the Revolution or took no side. There are tens of millions of us, America, Tens of millions of us who need to support each other. I don't have all the answers. If I had all the answers, I wouldn't be in this business. I'd be a preacher or something else. But I don't have all the answers. But I do have a lot. A lot to offer you from history and economics from philosophy a lot and the Democrat Party today is the greatest enemy we face in this country the greatest enemy we face in this country and I'll take all the sling and arrows 
but I want you, the army of Levinites, to stand with me. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy 4th of July. Now back to the best of me. The government is destroying the children of this country, absolutely obliterating them. It is brainwashing them to be racists or to self-hate. It's brainwashing them to be failures. Brainwashing them to be little economic socialists and Marxists against capitalism. It is brainwashing them to be failures. One of the great schools, high schools in America in Northern Virginia, purposely withheld National Merit Scholarship Award information from young people who succeeded beyond other young people, kept the information from them and their parents so they couldn't use it to apply to colleges and universities. Do you want to know why? Too many of them were Asians and Jews. This is your government. School systems. Now, I want to pursue this because now we have low test scores, record test scores across America. I'll be right back. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA, 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. Something that has always been important to me, kind of in my DNA, is education. 
When I was 19 years old, I ran for the local school board in Cheltenham Township, Pennsylvania, a mile outside of Philadelphia. Back then it was Republican. Today it's all Democrat. And I ran on getting back the basics. And I was still in law school. And I won. And at that time, I was the youngest person ever elected to a school board in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And I was quite the pistol, I think I am today, in that... Uh, I always took on the teachers' union, the local education association affiliate of the NEA. And we had these brutal fights, and we had nine members on the school board. The votes were typically seven to two. President of the school board was an old man. He was 27. <laughs> Actually, was my buddy, Bob Selick. And we were very much of like mind. Seven to two, seven to two. Every now and then eight to one, but mostly seven to two. Well, long story short, I eventually became president of Landmark Legal Foundation. Now, this is a foundation. I can't take the credit for this, but this is a foundation, a fantastic foundation, that took on the issue of school choice before you ever heard of school choice. We represented a woman called Polly Williams. She was a state delegate out of Milwaukee, the poorest area of Milwaukee. Black woman, obviously. And she supported school choice, as did the governor, Tommy Thompson. But we represented her and others, several families. Because the National Education Association, the Wisconsin Education Association, it's a Milwaukee affiliate. And phony civil rights groups all opposed. School choice. There we are facing groups like the NAACP and so forth. This litigation was arduous. It was complicated. There were two constitutions we were dealing with. The state constitution and the federal constitution. We were in the Wisconsin Supreme Court at least twice. And we won there. As were other groups. We went to the U.S. Supreme Court at least twice. We eventually won there. This whole debate about school choice and options for kids would not be possible but for the victories. The long-fought, difficult victories by Landmark Legal Foundation and a few other groups. We wouldn't be talking about school choice today or charter schools or any of it. The idea was first brought to us at Landmark Legal Foundation by a man you may have heard of, Milton Freeman. Milton Freeman was his idea. Remember the first time I met Milton Freeman? I didn't know him well, obviously. The first time I met him, I bumped into him at a seminar. I've always hated seminars, but I bumped into him at a seminar. I introduced myself. I wasn't a guy on TV and radio at the time. I was much younger. And he said, where are you, uh, where are you working? I said, I'm working at Landmark Legal Foundation. So he said, wonderful. He starts while he went and turns around. And he says, wait a minute. You're the school choice law firm. I said, yes, we are, sir. 
and we had a wonderful chat. He was a wonderful, wonderful man, just so easy to talk to. So what I'm going to read to you right now demonstrates what I mean about the Democrat Party and government. In the last 24 months, the Democrat Party, maybe 30 months, has absolutely obliterated our educational system. Their surrogates, the teacher union bosses, Randy Weingarten, and whatever crackpot heads the NEA, they've destroyed public education. They have destroyed the classroom. They have destroyed the faith of parents in the school system for good reason. And they double, triple, quadruple down because they figure, what the hell are you going to do about it? And the consequences are grave and severe. Here's a piece in the New York Slimes by Dana Goldstein. I'd say, wow, the New York Slimes, actually, it's in many, many media outlets, but I choose to read it from here just to make the point. This is also the corporation that's backing the 1619 Project. This is also the corporation that backs everything Democrat. Then they think they can cover their ass with an article like this. Well, it doesn't work. Not here. The math and reading performance of 13-year-olds in the United States has now hit the lowest level in decades. According to test scores released today from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, the gold standard federal examination. The last time math performance was this low for 13-year-olds was in, the ni- was in 1990. In reading, 2004. These are 13-year-olds. Performance has fallen significantly since the 2019-2020 school year when the coronavirus pandemic wrought havoc on the nation's education system. I'm just reading what you wrote. They wrote. But the downward trends reported today began years before the health crisis, raising questions about a decade of disappointing results for American students. Federal standardized test, known as the NAEP, was given last fall and focused on basic skills. The 13-year-old scored an average of 256 out of 500 in reading, 271 out of 500 in math, down from average scores of 260 in reading and 280 in math three years ago. Achievement declined across lines of race, class, geography. But in math especially, vulnerable children, including black, Native American, and low-income students experienced bigger drops. Large body of research shows that most American children experience academic struggles during the pandemic. It has also been clear that low-income students of color were most heavily affected by school closures and remote learning, which in some districts lasted more than a year. Who runs those schools, Mr. Bidisha? Which party? That's right, Democrat. The latest test results are the federal government's final major release of data 
on pandemic learning loss. Did they not say two paragraphs before that this started well before the pandemic 10 years ago? Yes, they did. The scores add to educators' understanding of the challenges that lie ahead for children of different ages and demographic groups. All right, then they they get into their classic Marxist pablum. They don't teach math anymore, like math. They don't teach reading anymore, like reading. They don't teach English anymore, like English. They don't teach history anymore, like history. So much of what goes on in these classrooms and in these school districts is superfluous. So much of what goes on in these schoolrooms and these classrooms is Democrat Party propaganda. So many of the people teaching our children are unqualified. They get tenure out after one or two years. The schools have been nationalized by the Democrat Party. The unions run the classrooms. They control the textbooks, the seminars, the training sessions, the faculty lounge. They control the school libraries. And if a parent's group dares to speak up, They're on the FBI hit list. You dare not challenge this monopoly. You dare not challenge it. Obama sent his kids to private school. He refused to support poor black kids going to private school. Biden went to a private Catholic school. So did both of his boys. He opposes school choice. Buttigieg went to a private school. He opposes school choice. Elizabeth Warren went to private school. She opposes school choice. And they talk about the kids. We need another government program. We need to redistribute more wealth. We need to raise more taxes. And anybody who disagrees with them, obviously, is against education. The education scores are going down and down and down. The more powerful the Department of Education becomes, the education scores are going down and down and down. The more control the Democrats have of the classroom. Like everything else they touch. It turns into crap. And now, now they want to control your children's minds, not just fail at teaching them. And they don't want them to get out of that classroom. We cannot have options, challenges, choice. We need indoctrination into the Democrat Party and all of its screwy Marxist agenda. You have a tomboy in third or fourth grade, a little girl that likes to play with the boys, raises eyebrows now. Maybe she's more boy than girl. Let me go interview her. Send her down the hall to these school psychologists. 
and do not tell her parents, who obviously are reprobates who will object. We, the educational bureaucrats, are much superior. We're smarter. We're more progressive. We're more open-minded. They say, we need to do what's medically right with our children. Boy, there have been regimes in the past that have said exactly the same thing. They experimented on people. We're just trying to figure out the best form of science and save the greater good, save the masses. What's the problem? How do I identify? Does that sound like science to you, as science to you, Mr. Producer? How do I identify? And you have a Supreme Court nominee who won't even define a woman while she's praised as the first black woman on the Supreme Court. She can define black. She can define Supreme Court. But woman, she can't define why. Of course she can define it. Because she's a Marxist ideologue, that's why. I've got a lot more to say about this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy 4th of July. Now back to the best of me. Jimmy Carter and the Democrats created the Department of Education in the 1970s. Reagan comes in. I'm one of many that come in with him. Tries to abolish it. He even won the Senate in coattails. Nobody thought he would. So big was his landslide. He won the Senate. But he was blocked from eliminating the Department of Education by the Republican majority in the Senate. Blocked. There were a lot of people like Mitch McConnell and Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski is the NEA and AFT's favorite senator, more than any Democrat, as well as Mitch McConnell. This is why we lose these battles. The Democrats are hardened Marxists. And the Republicans, too many anyway, are complete sellouts. Others are passive. It's a disgusting disgrace. 
Murkowski today. Nobody holds her to account for what's taking place in our classrooms today. She's a significant vote in a Senate that's almost 50-50. And our friend Tim Scott's going to have to justify endorsing her throughout his campaign. Was Adam Schiff just held, was he just censured, Mr. Producer? Well, we're going to have to talk about this after the top of the hour. I could not be more proud of the Republicans for censuring Adam Schiff in the House. The House is where the action is, folks. The House is where the action is. The Senate is where uh, you go to uh, the the old man and old lady's home. But the House is where the action is. Adam Schiff has just been censured by the House of Representatives. Oh, just the Republican. Okay. I don't care. It's the House of Rep- Representatives. Because he's a lying scumbag. And let's watch for the Republicans who defend this. That is him and object to this. Whether they're dressed up as commentators or presidential candidates. This entire lie about Russia collusion and the Constant effort by Schiff to go on TV and trash the former president as chairman of the Intel Committee, trying to mislead the American people into believing that he actually had evidence. He said it over and over again. Well, he's a lying sack of uh, sausage. And now he's been held in, he's been centered. As I understand it, Mr. Producer, is that correct? By the House of Representatives. And I'm going to dig into this over the course of the next few minutes, and I will report back, and we will continue. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. Did you listen to the two minutes of the audio tape that was leaked by the Biden regime to CNN America? Did you listen to it? Oh, yeah. It's all over the media, you know. It's all over the media. And the legal analysts and the hosts and the rest, they want to know. How does Trump get out of this? How does Trump get out of this? Were the 17 audio tapes involving the Bidens and the bribery for $10 million from the communist Chinese? Who's president today? Joe Biden? He's the one that has power today. He's the one destroying the country. Does anybody care about those? Where are they? How come CNN never gets a copy of that stuff? But notice the media could give a damn 
about civil liberties, due process, poisoned juries, misconduct by the Department of Justice, by the rogue federal prosecutor. Notice they don't give a damn about individual rights and the Bill of Rights. Civil liberties apply to everybody. And so this morning I got up early and I posted the following, which has made the rounds. While beating their chests about the horrors of Trump holding classified information. The fact is that the corrupt Biden DOJ sleazy Jack Smith's office, the usual corrupt media lapdogs have publicly identified, characterized, and even released whatever classified information is known to the public. Everything we've learned about this is from the leaks, America. Not from Trump. From the leaks. By the government. From the filings. By the government. So here we have another leak. In this, they've committed scores of felonies. Interfered in a presidential election. And have pushed the nation to the brink of some kind of civil war while smearing and denouncing Trump and his supporters. Trump hasn't leaked anything to the public. They have. After 50 years in Washington, Biden owns the federal bureaucracy. The thoroughly corrupt Biden family and Biden regime use the power of federal law enforcement against their political opponents. The so-called MAGA extremists, pro-lifers, parents, All white supremacists, don't you know? Whatever that means. While the same investigators and prosecutors pull all punches, lie, censor, cover up, dismiss, play down all the publicly known evidence. Thank you, FBI and IRS whistleblowers, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, and James Comer. Of millions and millions of dollars in farm payoffs, bribes, influence peddling, money laundering, and other sleazy Biden financial schemes, especially involving selling out to our biggest threat, communist China. We have a Manjurian president. The whistleblowers have testified about obstruction, political interference, multiple underlying crimes. They've been ignored by the corrupt media, personally attacked by the power-hungry Democrat Party, and punished by the Biden regime. Attorney General Garland, corrupt to the core like most mob lawyers, has been caught perjuring himself before Congress and obstructing justice by claiming to not have interfered in the Hunter Biden investigation. When IRS whistleblowers say the prosecutor told them, that's David Weiss, that he did. Even though Weiss is trying to reverse course. Problem is, they've numerous witnesses and contemporaneous notes to back them up. Garland has approved every sleazy investigative and prosecutorial tactic against Trump and MAGA Republicans while trying to create a public image of the earnest judge. He's a dangerous man with Stalinist characteristics. Garland has stonewalled appointing a special counsel to investigate his boss, Joe Biden, because he wants to smother with a political pillow Biden's multiple criminal activities that even involve our national security. 
He's the man in charge of the Biden cover-up and the Trump imprisonment effort. Garland appointed and unleashed the disgraced Jack, Jack Smith, known for Gestapo-like tactics to pursue Biden's political targets, especially so-called MAGA Republicans, and his biggest threat and nemesis, Donald Trump. Smith was publicly admonished in an 8-0 Supreme Court decision. 8-0. For his abuse of power in a phony public corruption case brought against a former Republican governor. Garland saw that as a compelling credential. And of all the lawyers he could have chosen, he picked this one. Because he knew he will do the work of the mob. Garland, Biden, his operatives, the hopelessly corrupt media. The Democrat Party are destroying our country right before our eyes. This latest prosecutorial leak of an audio clip to CNN is further intended to poison a jury pool and deny the former president due process as he was denied attorney-client privilege and the usual administrative processes afforded former presidents when leaving office. To be clear, we know nothing about the context of the audio. Nothing. We are fed exactly two minutes via CNN, a favorite state-run media outlet. We know no more or no less than they tell us to know. And the multiple felonies committed by this regime in leaking the tape will be completely ignored. Felonies committed in pursuit of Trump are no longer felonies. The justice system is dead. Democrat Party owns the federal government. That's what I posted. (coughs) Have you heard a single broadcast network, any, raise these concerns? Not one. A single host, not one. A single legal analyst, not one. The government commits felony after felony after felony. Leak after leak after leak after leak. About classified material. They violate the Espionage Act. But it doesn't matter. It's of no consequence. I see this piece about Netanyahu. It's funny, in a sick way, how the Marxist left is the same whether it's in America Israel, or anywhere else by the great Caroline Glick on GNS, excuse me, JNS, on Thursday night with sunken faces. Channel 13's legal correspondents delivered the news. The judges presiding over Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's trial for bribery and breach of trust had told the prosecutors and defense attorney last week that the prosecutors have not proven their charge of bribery and are unlikely to succeed in doing so since all their major witnesses have already testified. The implications are earth-shattering. For the past seven years, two forces, the state prosecution and the media, get my drift? The state prosecution and the media have pushed Israel to the brink of civil war in their effort to criminalize Netanyahu and demonize his supporters. It's the same Marxist tactic. Their goal was never hidden. They seek to oust Netanyahu from public life and disenfranchise his voters by disqualifying and demonizing their elected leader. When I read this, 
later today, I said, is this not as close to what I posted as possible? I'm, I'm not making an allegation. I'm saying here, look at the overlap here. Beginning in 2016, because she's right on, through criminal leaks to reporters from every major newspaper, radio station, and television channel, state prosecutors, police investigators, journalists and editors invented and shaped a narrative of criminality surrounding Netanyahu and sold it to the public on a daily basis. Netanyahu, they said, undermined Israel's economy, national security, moral fiber to satisfy his decadent tastes, enrich his cronies, and further his obsessive-compulsive quest for positive media coverage from the same media that hates him. With its unqualified commitment to Netanyahu's downfall, the media justified every means the prosecution employed against him. Shame on America's media. Again, participating in these diabolical Stalin-like practices where you are fed audio, fed information by the damn government to try and take out Trump. Same damn thing in Israel. The reporters and editors who proudly proclaim themselves champions of civil rights and the rule of law look the other way or justified repeated crimes committed by prosecutors and police investigators in order to get Netanyahu. And she goes on in a fantastic piece. In fact, I can't cut it there. It's too important. Consider just a few of those crimes, which while exposed and full on the witness stand, were widely known in real time. Rather than report them critically or even dispassionately, the media justified or ignored them and attacked as unprofessional and corrupt the few writers and reporters who were willing to expose them. To compel Netanyahu's closest associates to incriminate him, the prosecution and police extorted, tortured, and humiliated him. Two of Netanyahu's chiefs of staff, David Sharon and Ari Haro, former director general of the Ministry of Communication, Shlomo Filber and Netanyahu's former spokesman, Nir Hevetz, were subjected to physical and psychological torture and extortion at the hands of police investigators, closely guided by prosecutors. They were locked up and denied food and medical treatment. The police ruined Hevetz and Haro's marriages. Police carted Sharon's elderly mother into an investigation cell in front of him to try and break him. These men who committed no crimes were subjected to prolonged incarceration and denied sleep. Evets was jailed in a flea-ridden cell and denied minimal medical care. All the witnesses were subjected to prolonged public humiliation. The police opened a scurrilous criminal probe against Haro and staged a dramatic arrest, taking him into custody as he landed at the airport as if he were a drug kingpin. Remember Peter Navarro, Mr. and Mrs. America? Remember that? Well, they arrested the man in an airport? They opened up another open-ended, scurrilous investigation against Filbert's son. Haro and Sharon's bank accounts were frozen. Their wives found themselves unable to even buy food at the supermarket. All to take down Netanyahu. Just like in America, whatever they can do to take down Trump. And the media are in on all of it. Multiple other prosecution witnesses were subjected to similar treatment in the state prosecution's campaign. 
to use the criminal probe to intimidate and terrorize Netanyahu and coerce him into stepping down. Sound familiar, America? To demonize and criminalize the sitting prime minister and his associates. Prosecutors and police investigators engaged in widespread criminal use of cyber warfare tools developed to fight Israel's enemies. Netanyahu's closest aides and apparently his children and wife were subjected to illegal monitoring of their electronic communications. Wow. At least we can do illegal search warrants, right? And send a SWAT team to the former president's home. One of the breach of trust charges against Netanyahu allegedly originated in the police's illegal use of such spyware tool against Ari Haro. Again, most of the details of this prosecutorial misconduct and apparent outright criminality on the part of investigators and prosecutors was known sometimes as it was happening. The vast majority of reporters and editors in every medium supported these actions, just like they support the leak of that audio yesterday that they're slobbering all over. Fools at Mediate. Fools all over our web pages. Everywhere. They don't look as this is totalitarian activity. It's perfectly fine by them. Well, one day, that pendulum will swing. You mark my words. And I will continue when I return. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. Stick with me, folks. It's another important show where I try and pull all these things together. The Constitution of the United States. The Marxist left, that would be the Democrats and their media, they love to wave it around when they can use it to help them and to go after their enemies. On the other hand, they condemn the Constitution in every other way as being a document of white slave owners and so forth. So those are their pathologies and those are their mental issues. The problem is... Common sense, logic don't matter. There was a ruling today or an opinion issued today in Moore versus Harper that's one of the most disgusting opinions I've read yet. Yeah. A six to three majority. That means three of the Republicans went with the three radical Democrats. It's an opinion written by John Roberts, the Chief Justice, who has made it abundantly clear now that he is a worthless fraud and phony. He has surrendered all his principles. Kavanaugh, who I warned you was no conservative, is proving it every day. 
And Barrett obviously is under the spell of Roberts, and she's become a complete disaster. More when I return. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy 4th of July. Now back to the best of me. Little tidbits here and there from my new book, The Democrat Party Hates the Constitution because it's relevant through and through. So before we get into this specific, truly imbecilic decision involving North Carolina, I want to lay the foundation. Those three justices, Roberts, Kavanaugh, and Barnett are being praised on MSNBC slobbering praise and so forth. And this is what the radical left media know to do. John Roberts covets positive, slobbering media attention. I believe Barrett has been taken under his wing and he's mentoring her and she desperately seeks that kind of attention too, as does Kavanaugh after what they did to him. The three stalwarts are Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch. That's it. There are no others. Now, as you know, the Democrat Party hates the Constitution as they hate America, as they hate you. They hate the founding. They hate the framers. An entire chapter on the Constitution called War on the Constitution. It's chapter 7. I looked with notes and all this book is actually over 350 pages, but don't let that scare you. It's low. I'm very excited about this book. Now, I have to tell you, pre-orders on Amazon are significantly behind the pre-orders for American Marxism, which does concern me. I'm, I'm wondering why. But this is a crucially important message for you. This book is written for you. And I start this chapter. The U.S. Constitution is the most remarkable governing document ever written. Creates a functioning federal government, but protects both state and individual liberties at the same time. Uniquely divides the federal government into three co-equal branches with their own responsibilities, and whose members are chosen in fundamentally different ways. It's further designed to protect the people from at least two forms of tyranny, mobocracy and dictatorship. The Constitution is a document that takes into, consider- <coughs> takes into consideration the extraordinarily diverse nature of America, from its more densely populated areas to its rural communities, 
permits more commercial centers to farming areas, from its fisheries to its mining towns, from people of deep faith to people of no faith, from the highly educated to the barely literate, from the rich to the poor, and yes, from white to black people and every other skin color. <clears throat> it is a self-correcting document, allowing for amendments to address imperfections and unforeseen events should a significant portion of the body politic and the public demand them. The Constitution is a truly incredible manifestation of thousands of years of human experience and progress, yet drafted in a period of less than five months. But if your purpose is to fundamentally transform America, then your purpose must also be to destroy constitutional republicanism. Thus, the Constitution must go, either all at once or by parts. And that is exactly what the Democrat Party and its masterminds have in mind. Indeed, Biden and his party are endlessly and relentlessly looking for ways to bypass the Constitution's obstacles to centralized power. <clears throat> in the past, the Democrat Party and its academicians insisted that the Constitution actually embodied their ideological agenda and compelled the outcomes they demanded. They celebrated the judiciary's abuse of judicial review and promotion of activism. Today, they make open their disdain for the Constitution and no longer seek to disguise their true intentions. For example, radical leftist Ruth Coker, uh, Colker, professor at Moritz College of Law, the Ohio State University, is illustrative of this modern assault on the Constitution itself. Key to this attack is to try to link the Constitution to slavery. She writes in the opening salvo of her essay titled The White Supremacist Constitution. Quote, the United States Constitution is a document that during every era has helped further white supremacy. White supremacy constitutes a political, economic, and cultural system in which whites overwhelmingly control power and material resources. Conscious and unconscious ideas of white superiority and entitlement are widespread in relations of white dominance and non-white subordination are daily reenacted across a broad array of institutions and social settings. And by the way, this is going on in law schools across America, and this lady is as lily white as they come. Rather than understand the Constitution as a force for progressive structural change, we should understand it as a barrier to change. From its inception, the Constitution enshrined slavery and the degradation of black people by considering them to be property rather than equal members of the community. The Civil War amendments did not truly abolish slavery and only prohibited a limited band of state action. Radical Reconstruction was short-lived as white supremacy quickly eviscerated any political gains that black voters had achieved. The Supreme Court has interpreted the Civil War amendments consistently with their white supremacist roots. Rather than serve as an effective instrument to help eradicate the badges, incidents, and vestiges of slavery, the Constitution has become a tool to both ban voluntary race affirmative measures, the federal, state, and local governmental levels, and also to preclude Congress from enacting strong abolitionist measures. The court has enshrined the views of Andrew Johnson, a fierce proponent of white supremacy, into its structure. Now, there's a guy by the name of Eli Mistel, or Ellie Mistel, I should say, who is a contributor to MSNBC. He's on there all the time. In my view, he's an absolute bigot. 
And you wrote a book. I had to buy it and I read it. Allow me to retort a black guy's guide to the Constitution. Again, in my opinion, this is who he is. Like Colker, he declares that the United States is and always has been a corrupt society. The Constitution is nothing but the demands of immoral white people enshrined in a document and imposed on the nation. During his media tour promoting the book, he declared on ABC's The View television show, quote, the Constitution is kind of trash. Let's just talk as adults for a second. He went on, it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. Uh, Colonialists, I should say. They didn't ask anybody who looked like me what they thought about the Constitution. Moreover, this document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say... If that is the starting point, the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. Now, of course, among the improvements to the Constitution, he says, were it no state's rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing and guns. That's just better, he says, for Mistel, therefore, Interpreting so-called the Constitution is simply a practical and cynical way to destroy it for he and his fellow ideologues to impose their will. How do we respond to this? That's why I write books like this. That's why this book is particularly crucial. Now you're going to learn a little bit of information you've never learned before. Certainly not in classrooms or other books. Former law professor Robert Nadelson, who I've met and know in the past, he's a great guy. Now the Independence Institute explains, to begin with, the dominant view among the founders was that slavery was absolutely not fine. The prevailing view was that slavery violated natural law and was doomed to extinction. In fact, by 1787, several states had begun the journey toward abolition. Nor did the Constitution create or mandate slavery or racial discrimination. These were creations of state law, and they varied from state to state. The founders were forced to accept that situation to prevent America from fracturing into a multitude of nations, constantly at war with each other, as in Europe. Also false is the common claim that slaveholders adopted the Constitution. Of the public that ratified it, only a small percentage owned slaves. Perhaps as many slaveholders opposed the Constitution as favored it. And he writes, in at least five states, the ratifying electorate included free African-Americans. Did you know that? Apparently Mistel didn't know it. Now you know. Interesting how many of those who insist that quote and Mrs. May, all our history must be taught when promoting the non-historical CRT, refuse to do just that as they relentlessly smear our country. The previously named American Constitution Society, whose president is former Wisconsin Democrat Senator Russ Feingold, have a conference titled Founding Failures, Reckoning with Our Constitution's Generational Impacts on Health and Well-Being. You'll notice this endless attack on the Constitution because of Marxism. That's what they embrace. And I've said a thousand times they cannot coexist. Our Constitution's establishment of a racial caste system, they say, 
left a legacy that can be seen generations later and its impact on the health and well-being of communities of color. Exploitative scientific studies and fear of medical care and discriminatorily designed infrastructure and environmental policy have wreaked havoc on the bodies of black, indigenous, and Latinx Americans. And it goes on. As I point out, of course, the party most directly responsible for slavery, segregation, and racism and their perpetuation is the Democrat Party, which the American Marxists are deeply sympathetic to and aligned with as members and advocates. Now, even more. I am scrolling down because I want to make a point. Let's see here, folks. Stick with me. As reported by Alex Taub in the New York Times, they've relied heavily, the, the uh, modern Marxists, on the old-time Marxist Francis Fox Pivens, among others. But the book gets deeply into the history of the country, and for instance, like Nadelson, Professor Nadelson, Assistant Professor at Hillsdale College, Dr. David Azarod, makes a good and succinct defense of the framers of the Constitution. Listen to this. He says, the argument that the Constitution is racist suffers from one fatal flaw. The concept of race does not exist in the Constitution. Nowhere in the Constitution, or in the Declaration of Independence for that matter, are human beings classified according to race, skin color, ethnicity, nor one should add sex, religion, or any other of the less favored groupings. Our founding principles are colorblind, although our history regrettably has not been. But the Constitution speaks of people, citizens, persons, other persons, a euphemism for slaves, and Indians not taxed, in which case it is their tax-exempt status, not their skin color, that matters. The first references to race and color occur in the 15th Amendment's guarantee of the right to vote, ratified in 1870. He points out further, the infamous three-fifths clause, as I've pointed out here, which more nonsense has been written than any other clause, does not declare that a black person is worth 60% of a white person. It says that for purposes of determining the number of representatives for each state in the House and direct taxes, the government would count only three-fifths of the slaves, and not all of them, as the southern states wanted to gain more seats. They insisted on it, but it was rejected. The 60,000 or so free blacks in the north and the south were counted on par with whites, the free blacks. The Constitution defers to the states to determine who shall be eligible to vote under Article One, Section 2, Clause 1. It is a little-known fact of American history that black citizens were voting in perhaps as many as 10 states, at least five that we know of, but as many as 10 at the time of the founding. The precise number is unclear, but only Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia explicitly restricted suffrage to whites. He says, because the Constitution does not explicitly recognize slavery and does not therefore admit that slaves were property, all the protections it affords to persons could be applied to slaves. Any one of these provisions in the hands of an abolitionist statesman, any one of them, would make a difference. And you know who underscored that point, Mr. Producer? In a speech in July 5th, 1852, Frederick Douglass. 
who've been a slave, who escaped slavery, was really a genius. And he said the most fantastic things about the Constitution. That if men would only follow it, that's in the book too, but I'm not going to read any more right now. Those of you who have pre-ordered, thank you. Those of you who are thinking about it, may I ask that you go ahead and jump in? Uh, <clears throat> the book isn't going to change between now and when it is released, but I want you to get into the queue to be the first among to receive it. I feel when I write these books that it's, they're very important for helping to coalesce a movement to save the country. Uh, but you're going to learn information in these books to counter the Marxist left, to counter the Democrat Party that you never heard before. And let's do this together. Amazon.com, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, they all have sites. Let's see if we can push this book finally to number one on Amazon. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that if any information was leaked that was actually fingering Joe Biden or his family, the issue wouldn't be the information that was leaked. The, information, the issue would be who leaked it, what are their motives, are they going to be tracked down? I'm quite serious about this. You have none of that today except from me and maybe a few others I haven't heard. No concern about the constitutional violations, whether it's attorney-client privilege, whether it's endless leaking. That's why I have so much respect for Dershowitz. Yes, he's a Democrat, but he's not a Marxist. He's under terrible assault from his own party and his former friends. But he calls him as he sees him. I call him as I see him, too. And I'm not going to stop. That what was done last evening was deplorable. Absolutely outrageous. Otherwise you cannot have due process in this country when you're trying to poison a jury pool like this. And every media has participated in it. And every media I've watched and heard. I'll be right back. 
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. I want to read to you one of the two sections in the U.S. Constitution on elections that the court decided on today. And then I want to explain to you how imbecilic and disingenuous this decision was and why this decision came down the way it did. It's really quite simple. The Elections Clause of the Constitution provides this part of it, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. So in the state... The legislature is the beginning and the end. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. Now, the word legislature is in there. There's a common understanding of a legislature. It's not complicated. This is one of the clear pieces of text in the Constitution. How else could they have written it? And it was obviously drafted at the Constitutional Convention. It was adopted at the Constitutional Convention. And it was adopted by the ratifying states. But that's not good enough for the U.S. Supreme Court. That's not good enough for governors, for boards of supervisors, boards of elections, state courts, lower federal courts. It's not good enough. That's right. Seems pretty plain to me. But the Democrats, in advance of this decision, have had a full court press, and I mean the Democrats in the media and elsewhere, suggesting that if you rule that the language in the Constitution says what it says, then there must be something wrong with you. This is a unique theory. It's a theory that the state legislatures have the final say. And that there isn't state court review. And the U.S. Supreme Court today even expanded it to federal court review. 
So the state legislature is just a bit player, and it can be overruled by state courts, by federal courts. And you remember all this during the last election, correct? So the Supreme Court just rewrote the Constitution. Remember the first hour where I read at some length about our Constitution? And that what it takes is virtuous people to embrace it. To follow it. To execute. Well, we lack virtuous people in high positions in America today. Busy running around trying to get Trump. That's pretty much all they do these days. Oh, and destroy the country. Before I get into the case, I want you to know that the kooks at MSNBC and Obama, a kook himself, and he spent his career condemning the Constitution and those who drafted it. While they praised Roberts, the chief justice who wrote the majority decision and blew out the text, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, who was so beaten down by the left, he's doing everything he can to, to build up his cred. And Barrett, the biggest disappointment of them all, last days of the Trump administration, she is confirmed. She's considered a scholar. It turns out she's just another rhino. Because she's under the wing of Roberts. And this is, after all, the Roberts court, and he doesn't like all the talk about a right-wing court. This case is imbecilic, the majority decision. It is illogical, completely illogical. On two grounds. Number one, this case was already resolved, even though it went up to the Supreme Court, by the Supreme Court of North Carolina. The petitioners, including the Speaker of the North Carolina House, said that the North Carolina Supreme Court did not have the power to change the district lines that were determined by the Republican state legislature. It didn't have that power. And they cited, among other things, this section of the Constitution. We get to make these decisions. The people who elect us, we get to make these decisions. Well, guess what? In the next election, the subsequent election, the people of North Carolina elected a new Supreme Court, a new Supreme Court of majority, I should say. And that court reversed the prior court and agreed with the Republican speaker. And the case was over. There were no issues for the U.S. Supreme Court. That happens from time to time, you know. But the U.S. Supreme Court didn't drop the case. He wanted to give an opinion. The majority wanted to give an opinion. Even though there was no issue left to adjudicate. The petitioners, as a result of the state election and the new majority on the state Supreme Court, they won. They won their issue. But the U.S. Supreme Court, the majority said, no, we want to take this up. Now, number one, that is outrageous. That means the court wants to play in this field an activist role. It had literally no basis for ruling anything today. Because the people who brought the case, their case 
was satisfied. It was over. It's moot. But Roberts, the chief justice, the three Marxist radicals on the court who always stand together when it comes to a major case. And now the two other rhinos, they wanted to hear the case. They wanted to decide on the case. Now, what did they decide? What did they decide? The language seems pretty clear, doesn't it? It's plain English. I mean, if you come from a big-time law school and you've been a judge or you've been... Certainly you know how to read plain English, like a few sentences in the Constitution. Let me read them again. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, but the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulate. There's another section of the Constitution, too, which we've spent a lot of time on. Again, it emphasizes the role of the state legislature in the choosing of electors. Doesn't say the state, says the state legislature. And yet in other parts of the Constitution, we have a whole Tenth Amendment that talks about the states, not the state legislature. But this had no impact on the six justices. Six to three, the three truly excellent justices, Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch. Now, before I give you the second point, the reason the justices wouldn't drop this case, particularly the three Republicans, is because they wanted to appeal to the radical left Democrat Party media that's been pounding them lately. I call John Roberts Hollywood John because he reads the news. He's on to the media. It's his court, baby. Kavanaugh, as I said, is trying to remake himself. And Barrett is a lost soul. who is subjected to the influences of the Chief Justice. It's a lousy Chief Justice. Supreme Court ruled this MSNBC. Supreme Court rules against giving state legislatures unchecked control over federal elections. How do you like that sentence? How do you like that title? No, no, we'll give it to the courts. Instead, they'll have unchecked control. The justices rejected the, quote, independent state legislature theory, unquote. So it's a theory. There it is in black and white in the Constitution, but it's a theory, you see, America. Which was cited by Trump supporters during the 2020 election. They mean me. The theory would have restricted the power of state courts to review certain election laws. Exactly. Because the framers didn't say the states. They said the state legislature. Each state by the legislature thereof not the state thereof they know how to write the framers they know how to think these things through but you see what happens here is when you abandon the constitution and the moorings of the constitution you can do these sorts of things so the three Marxists on the court they held firm and they were joined by the three rhinos on the court so there you go six to three I'm afraid this is going to turn into another Berger court, to be perfectly honest with you. Warren Berger. I interned for Warren Berger when I was in law school. I drafted the speeches, most of them. It dealt with the poor quality of of teaching in law schools when it comes to actual litigation. Because he asked me to look into those things, and I certainly enjoyed it, and I certainly did. 
And he was quite right. But that was a court that was all over the map. Because you had leftists, you had one conservative, and then you had others who were looking for, you know, in each case, looking for a way in, a way out, I don't know. So this is the way NBC News and MSNBC reported. The Supreme Court on Tuesday declined to impose new limits on state courts, reviewing certain election-related issues by ruling against Republicans of North Carolina, fighting for a congressional district map that would heavily favor their candidates. Imagine that. Imagine having a majority party winning elections and deciding what the district should look like. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been going on since day one. Who should decide? Oh, we should have experts in Washington. And what happens? The experts are corrupted, and the next thing you know, the Democrat Party's in charge of it again. In doing so, the court declined to embrace a broad version of a hitherto obscure legal argument called the Independent State Legislature Theory. Now, by the way, this propaganda came out of Ivy League law schools, has been pushed by the media since day one. Which Republicans say limits the authority of state courts to strike down certain election laws enacted by state legislatures. Supporters of former President Donald Trump cited the theory in various cases during the 2020 presidential election and its aftermath. So, of course, they go after Eastman. They'll eventually come after me, even though he and I never talked about this as far as I know. It doesn't matter. This has always been my view. It's not just my view. It's the view of a number of justices in the past, including Rehnquist and so forth. But regardless of precedent and what justices thought and what justices wrote, what does the Constitution say? You have here in the federal Constitution the conference of authority on the state legislatures in federal election matters. There's not a conference on states generally. There is a conference on the state legislatures in plain English under the federal constitution. How then does a state court get to intervene and say, no, the state legislature is wrong? It has no federal constitutional authority to interfere in a federal election matter. It doesn't matter what state courts normally do, Mr. Chief Justice. It doesn't matter. If state courts normally have judicial review over state constitutional issues, Mr. Chief Justice, this is a federal constitutional issue, authority granted specifically to the state legislatures. The framers of the Constitution were a hell of a lot smarter than you and those five others you went with you. They knew exactly what they were doing. They wanted the elected body in the state Dealing with the elected body at the federal level. Congress. They didn't want all the courts in between to make decisions like this. If they did, they would have said so. They were very reluctant to empower the judiciary. They called it the weakest branch. It's now the most powerful branch, other than the fourth branch. The unconstitutional massive bureaucracy. And this is exactly the point of my book. We're being ruled by rulers. The Democrat Party's all in, but then we have this. They couldn't get what they wanted today without those three Republicans. And they got it. 
And no matter how much we vet these candidates, no matter their records in lower courts, no matter their records in the bureaucracy, no matter their records, they flip the vast majority of them. And I don't want to hear again from my old friend, federal judge Royce Lambert, how wonderful Kavanaugh was on the courts. He sucks. And I don't want to hear from the Federalist Society ever again how wonderful Barrett was when we took up her cause here. She sucks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy 4th of July. Now back to the best of me. So Kavanaugh wrote the decision the other day that nobody expected because it was so stupid. Um, taking power away from the states to create their congressional districts. Louisiana and one of the other states, I believe it was Alabama, but I could be dead wrong. Uh, he shot them down. Again, voting with the left. And then he participates in this. So it's clear what he's trying to do in his own mind for his own legacy is he wants to be a great Republican civil rights court justice. That's what he wants to be. And that's why the left does what it does to our nominees. Brutalizes them. And when they're weak, they collapse. When they're strong like Clarence Thomas, they don't. It's a short segment. When we come back, I want to circle back on something and provide additional information to you, ladies and gentlemen. From the Washington Examiner, Brecken F. Thies, investigative reporter, the group targeting conservative Supreme Court justices, and by the way, they're only targeting the three. Only the three. Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. And it's a phony news operation out of, it used to be at least, San Francisco, it's a phony news operation called ProPubica, a.k.a. Pure ProPublica. And it's funded with an enormous amount of dark money. The left used to hate dark money. They still pretend to, but they use more of it than anybody. Because their billionaires spend like, spend lavishly like Marxists for control and power. Our billionaires, not so much. Not so much. They're very nervous. They're very nervous. Ugh. Oh, what are they going to do to me? Very nervous. Not all of them, but two. How about chipping in and helping the rest of the country, for God's sakes? Where's our George Soros? Anyway, I'll be right back. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. All right, what I want to do here is um, demonstrate to you how this works in the meeting. So today, Chief Justice John Roberts, Associate Justice Kavanaugh, Associate Justice Barrett, are being praised as saviors of democracy, rejecting the crackpot idea of the independent legislative theory. Apparently, they can't read plain English. And by the way, as a footnote, I just want to try this with Chief Justice Roberts. Let me put this in a way that even he should understand. So, John, that's what I used to call you before you uh, became a justice. John, new North Carolina Supreme Court's elected in. See what I'm saying? And they, they get in there. And they reversed the old North Carolina Supreme Court ruling that was challenged by the petitioners. So the petitioners aren't petitioners anymore. They won at the Supreme Court level in the state. No longer any issues. We call that moot, John. Maybe you missed that in law school and thereafter. So the case is moot. But John and Kavanaugh and Barrett They decide they want to rule anyway. And of course, the three radical justices, they're laughing all the way to the cafeteria in the Supreme Court because they think, boy, what three schmucks we got here. And so they rule for the position that was argued by the party that lost the case in the state of North Carolina and we're not the petitioners here. So as if standing in for the state, having lost in the state Supreme Court, the Supreme Court revives the defense in a case that's moot. Wow. Now what they've unleashed here, of course, will be endless lawsuits in state and federal court by the left, So the state legislatures will not have the final say, do not have the final say, even though according to the federal constitution, they're the only state entity that has any say. See how this works? So the Supreme Court, with the opinion written by John, Johnny, here's Johnny, and support with Barrett and Kavanaugh, have completely altered the election process in the constitution. And they've not only empowered state judges, get this, they've empowered federal judges. But they don't say how exactly or when exactly or why exactly to also intervene as they see necessary in state legislative decisions. So the state legislature really has no say. The state courts look over their shoulders. Federal courts look over their shoulders. This was a moot case and they took it and they destroyed the whole election process. Extreme activism, extreme activism. 
just as bad as any activism of the far left. And, of course, the three radicals on the court think it's perfectly fine. And they are being celebrated, Mr. Producer, are they not? Celebrated today with all the usual a-holes on TV. But what happens to the three conservatives on the court? The originalists, the constitutionalists. Brecken Thighs, investigative reporter, Washington Examiner. ProPublica, the nonprofit news website attacking Supreme Court Justices Clarence Thomas and Sam Alito. They also went after Kavanaugh. It's funded by left-wing mega-donors who pump money into the court-packing advocacy groups. Picking up speed since the overturn of Roe v. Wade last year, the website has repeatedly alleged ethics violations against Thomas and Alito. For Alito, the website published details on a 2008 fishing trip. Oh, wow. That he took with conservative head fund manager Paul Singer. ProPublica pointed out the trip was not included in Alito's annual financial disclosure and that he didn't recuse himself from a case involving Singer's organization. Now, before I continue, did he set up 20 shell corporations? No. Did he get over $30 million from the communist Chinese and others and wander it through shell corporations and others? No. Did he illegally buy a gun? No. Did he fail to pay his taxes? No. Are there audio of him in some kind of a bribery scheme? No. Did he sleep with hookers? No. Was he a drug addict? No. Well, then we got to get him for something, don't we? He was on a fishing trip. Oh. Alito preempted the report earlier this week with an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal where he defended himself and accused ProPublica of leveling false charges. You'll recall I read that to you. And ProPublica exclusively cites leftist ethics experts, so-called, who confirm their priors about constitutionalist justices to satisfy their dark money Democrat donors. The website was founded in 2007 by Sandler Foundation. It's a radical left group which has given nearly $40 million to ProPubica since 2010. That foundation, excuse me, cholera, formed by Herbert and Marion Sandler. It's also funded money into left-wing groups that actively call for investigations into Thomas and advocate for court packing. The Sandlers have been blamed in part for the 2008 housing market crash, even making it onto Time Magazine's list of 25 people to blame for the financial crisis. So how do you fix all that? You become a, uh, a sugar daddy for the Democrat Party. That's how you do it. All will be forgotten. The same foundation that made ProPublica possible with an astounding $40 million also gave half a million to demand justice, a dark money court-packing group that spearheaded smear campaigns against Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Well, then, Barrett hasn't learned her lesson. Demand Justice got half a million dollars in a 2019 Sandler earmark grant to a group called New Venture Fund, which is part of a web of left-wing dark money nonprofit groups managed by consulting firm Arabella Advisors. This is the commie network 
in my view, of Stalinist and Leninist and Maoist-like operations on behalf of the Democrat Party. The network spent nearly $1.2 billion in 2020 alone. All this dark money. What happened to our country? We lost it. These billionaires. Our billionaires are passive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That Trump is awfully controversial. I, I don't know. Demand Justice has been pushing heavily for investigations into conservative justices. Its deputy chief counsel, Katie O'Connor, called for Thomas's resignation in April. And it goes on. And you'll notice how they coordinate with the Democrat Party. Pelosi there, her teeth almost falling out of her mouth. By the way, is Pelosi's face melting now, Mr. Producer? You know, I've explained before that they've pulled her skin so tight behind her head on multiple occasions that I think the stitching is coming loose. But I actually think with the summer coming and climate change and it's so hot now, breaking record temperatures, I don't know, I'm just saying that. Anyway, her face is melting. I think Nancy Pelosi's face is melting. Much like John Kerry's face is melting. They got to pack it with, you know, ice every night to make sure it hangs in there. It's filled with uh, applesauce and mashed potatoes. Uh, Where was I? Doesn't matter. You get the point. So they coordinate with little Dick Durbin. They coordinate with the other Democrats on Capitol Hill. Pelosi. We demand. We demand. Shut the hell up. You demand. Got the most corrupt president in American history. Bought and paid for not just by the communist Chinese, but every government I can think of. Money laundered through shell corporations. You got your mob lawyer running the attorney general job over there at the Department of Justice. Protecting his boss like he's supposed to. The mob boss, the Manchurian president. Protecting his son. Not appointing a special counsel. These guys are as crooked as hell. Then they unleash this moron from the hag. With his tough beard. Oh, he's a tough guy. Threatening people's lives, calling them in front of grand juries, having a grand old time in a Democrat city. Justice be damned. Ready to throw people in prison? Left and right. Oh, we have fake electors. Oh, they're fakes. Ignoramuses. Oh, we have these theories in the Constitution, like the state legislature should be calling the shots. It says it right there in the federal. Oh, it's a theory. No, abortion is a theory in the Constitution. And half of the other crap you people think up on the left. Those are theories. And meanwhile, they hate the Constitution. The Constitution has been saved. I thought you hated it. Wait a minute. I do hate it. You know, the, the racists who wrote it, the, the slavers, the colonists who wrote it. It was written for white supremacy. But we love it when those, those justices come through for us to empower the Democrat Party. We love it. I don't know what I despise more. The Democrat Marxists or cowardly, pathetic Republicans who assist them because they want a moment in glory. 
makes me sick to my stomach the way we fight for justices, fight like hell, and how they turn on us in a moment's notice. And they turn on our progeny and they turn on the Constitution of our country. That's what happened today with a 6-3. Think about Roberts. Voted for Obamacare, even though it's unconstitutional. Voted for reading this language out of the Constitution of the United States. Voted against the Dobbs decision, and he's the Chief Justice, as putz. It's a putz. Johnny, you're a putz. Maybe you always were, and I just didn't know. But you definitely are now. Am I allowed to call him a putz? I don't know. Will I be rounded up? Round him up. Round him up. You know what's interesting? All these so-called conservatives who got behind Kavanaugh. Obviously, I defended him against the onslaught, but I warned you he'd be this. Where are they now? Are they apologizing? Remember me? Mark. Dumb Mark. Saying, no, there's no alternative. Let's get Kevin McCarthy in there. Let's get going. We have a war to fight with the left and the Democrats. He's been better than any speaker in my memory, maybe up there with, uh, with Newt. But he's been pounding away, pounding away, pounding away, and most of you now agree with me. Every deal's not going to be a deal we like. It's just not. But how about most of them are things that we like? Meanwhile, where are all the Federalist Society types, all the conservatives, all the columnists, telling us about Kavanaugh, how great he was? I warned you. Another bushy. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Independence Day. I'm very anxious. September 19th seems like forever away. That's when the Democrat Party hates America is coming out. I'll be doing a full hour with Sean. I'll be doing my own show. I'll be doing some others. Um, we've got a lot of very cool things planned. And I think they're very exciting. We'll do a couple of book signings, not a lot. We're going to test out one place and see how it goes. By the way, you can guess which one. But um, we're going to be all in on this. And it won't matter if you're not, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I know what I wrote. I know what's in it. But I am hoping that you'll be able to have an opportunity to see what's in it. And... uh you can get your copy right now at Amazon.com. Pre-order your copy, get in the queue, so and get it as fast as possible. Same with Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. We'd love to send a message out there. Now, interestingly, so far they're ignoring us. But I guarantee you there's a gathering storm. I guarantee it. The Democrat Party will do anything to lie, cheat, deceive, dismiss, degrade, character assassinate. And what they do best is they accuse other people of doing what they do. And they try and scare the hell out of you at the same time. That's what they do. Most Americans are feeling the effects of inflation. Are you Mr. Producer? He is. Mr. Producer is constantly getting his nails done. It's very expensive these days. I'm talking about his toenails. What do you call that? I forget what you call that. Pedicure. That's it. Pedicure. 
these kids today, I don't know. I'm telling you, folks, you are going to love this book. I don't believe I've ever said that about another one of my books, but, I, but I've always felt that way, that you would, because this book in particular, when I sat down and wrote it and spent all those hours and days and weeks and months on it, I had you in mind. How should I write this? How should I approach this? How can I make this compelling? How can I make it intriguing, entertaining, but still have the philosophy and the scholarship and all the history in it? And I think this book does all of that. And I want to encourage you to go to Amazon.com. Some of you are saying, you know, I'm sick of hearing this. Please bear with me, because if I don't do it here, I have nowhere else to do it. So I would encourage you to go to Amazon.com. Get your copy of The Democrat Party Hates America or go to Barnes & Noble, Books a Million or any other place that has a link. And I want to salute all of you, thank all of you who've jumped in, encourage all of you to do it. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you. Have a beautiful night. <laughs>